Hello and welcome to this week's Grape Culture Podcast, the podcast where three women drink wine and discuss feminist literature and issues. I am Sam. I'm Kim. And I'm Alex. And we hope you enjoy the episode. So this week on the podcast we are going to be talking about the book Bad Girls Throughout History by Anne Shen. And also our historical girl crushes. Yep. So for anyone who may not have heard of this book, it is a collection of a hundred remarkable women who changed the world. They're from all different walks of life, they're from all different countries, so you've got scientists, you've got writers, you've got dancers, uh, queens, duchesses, all that kind of thing. Um, And it's in this really beautifully illustrated book. But before we get on to talk about that, Kim, would you like to tell us about today's wine? Yes. Um... I have a bit of a saga with the wine, I'll be honest with you. Uh, So I have a few things to mention before I actually get to it. Teaser, if you will. I spent a long time trying to find wine for this and I found a wine called Bad Girls and that was great and it was discontinued in 2014. And then I found this um, wine selection from a company in America called Embrazen Wines that you can check out on Instagram. Unfortunately, they don't ship to the UK, but they have three wines that are named after three of the women in this book. What's it and, called? Well, it's called Embrazen Wines, and so one of them is Nellie Bly, who we'll oh. talk about later. Um, I think one of them is Josephine Baker, and I can't remember the third. That's I think so it's probably awesome. Harriet Tubman. That would make sense. Um, and it was really, it was really, really cool. And what was particularly cool about these wines as well was that they had one of those QR codes that you could scan it on your phone, and it would bring up the story Ooh, of that person. Really cool. Oh my god, I love that! And I was so excited. And I, I honestly, I tried so hard to get these wines to oh. us, but it, it was sadly not meant to be. But I did want to shout them out because I th- think that if we do have any listeners in in America. Go send us it. wine yeah. also send us wine yeah um and then i also found a wine called gypsy lee rose nice. um named after gypsy rose lee the famous burlesque um dancer who's also in this book yeah but that's only available through a wine club subscription that i don't have so i didn't get that one i feel like this was a journey for you it Kim. was it was a bit of a saga and i was quite sad about that but it's all Okay, because I went round to our local independent wine cellar called Wolf Wine. And they are absolutely fantastic. They're so knowledgeable. They have all these really, really cool, generally small vineyard wines. Um, They know everything that they're talking about. And all their wines that are for sale in their shop are vegan. And they also do sell, I think, a bit online. And they also have bar nights and stuff. They're really, really cool. So I chatted with the guy there and I said to him, I told him about the podcast and I told him about the topic. And I said, what I had hoped to find, because I'd done a bit of reading around the subject, was a wine by a female wine producer. Because in recent years, um, a lot of female wine producers have been making waves. And much like every other industry in the world ever it's a man's world but women are really sort of making tracks in it and he got really really excited and he told me about this wine which is um Occupinti sp68 russo so red um it's made by a woman called adriana Occupinti um in sicily and it is a biodiverse natural wine um and basically when she got hold of her vineyard i believe he said that she inherited it she threw out the rule book on sicilian wine and how to make it and completely changed all the farming and everything so that she's made what is essentially a really different sicilian wine and like i say it's all focused on um biodiversity and being uh natural natural wine uh i believe the description is These are exemplary wines, naturally made and showing finesse and interest. And he assured me that there's some, it's a really bright flavoured wine with flavours of bramble. That's the one that really stood out to me, bramble and blackberry and that sort of thing. So um, I'm really excited to try it. He recommended that we open it an hour before serving. So I have done that and I'm ready to pour it now if everyone else is. Boom, yeah. yeah, I actually really enjoy that the bottle isn't like super feminine. It's quite... I don't know, like, I suppose non-gendered, but maybe slightly more masculine. Yeah, it's just, it just is. It's just I really enjoy a good-looking wine bottle. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm really excited. And that's, once again, that's Wolf Wine. You can look them up on Instagram. They have a really cool Instagram. So, yeah, so this is our only feature wine this episode um, because it is vegan and 
a, a, a lot of thought went into this. Uh, and I'm really excited. So cheers, guys. Cheers. cheers. Be honest, first thing it did when I drank it was sting my chapped lips. <laughs> Beautiful. Ooh. I have to say, that is unlike any other wine that I've had. It's really sharp. Yeah. Really sharp red. It is I quite brownly, like actually. I'm going to reserve judgment for now. I mean, so far, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I think I'm predisposed to like it, though, because I was really excited about it. I do, yeah, I get the brambly thing. It is bitter. It's got an interesting smell. An interesting bouquet. I believe that's what they call it in the wine world. um... Manure? No. Incense. Nostrils. (laughs) Stings the nostrils. It's a bit red currenty. That makes sense. Mm. Um, Okay, well, now we have our wine. We're going to mull that one over, I think, a little bit more. So far, initial reactions. I like it. (laughs) So, back to the book. So yeah, it's all about bad girls throughout history. And when someone says that to you, when you hear bad girls in yeah. history, who do you tend to think of? And did you see them in this book? I mean, like, bad girls is a weird title. Like, maybe, like, rebellious women well, or, like, I'd, the well, intro... I what's the line from the intro? Let me find it. When I first started this project five years ago, someone remarked that the title of this book didn't make sense, that none of these girls were bad, that axe murderers were bad, not Harriet Tubman, yet she escaped slavery and stuck into the South 19 times to illegally free slaves. To be a bad girl is to break any socially accepted rule. Okay. That's what she means by that. Right. So, much like it references in that intro, my first thought when I think bad girl um, is, is frankly that TV show where they're all in prison. That was my first thought, so then my mind immediately goes to True well, Crime. Orange is the New Black? No, the, there was a show before Orange and the New Black. Oh, bad, girls. bad Girls. Bad Girls. Oh my God, I completely um, forgot about that. I know. It's so bad. But so I, I, my first thought is criminal, but, but I am a true crime lover. So I, I did kind of think of people like Typhoid Mary and things like that. Mm. And then, and that's really just like gut punch reaction but then really i think the first sort of people that i think about are um i thought about the bronte sisters i thought about marie antoinette and i thought about um a couple of the sort of historical queens like queen matilda for example who Mm -hmm. was actually princess matilda because she was never allowed to be queen in her own right separate thing um more on that monologue later i'm sure uh but yeah so those are who i thought about what about you sam one person i did think about that i didn't see in the book was Anne Boleyn, uh because she was seen as this immoral person but she also did break social norms because without her we wouldn't have the church of england true and admittedly it was henry that did that not her but you know she was the she was the catalyst yeah um so I thought of Anne Boleyn. Um, I thought of um, Amelia Earhart was another one that I thought of. Mm-hmm. I thought of Rosa Parks, Boudicca, Cleopatra. Actually, apart from Rosa Parks, the ones that have like one singular name, like mm. Madonna. Cher. <laughs> Who didn't appear in Cher this book. Cher is not in the book. No. Cher is not in the books, but everyone else you mentioned, Alex, is in the books. Mm-hmm. I think for my part, the only one that was in the book was Marie Antoinette. Yeah. Um, and for you... Amelia Earhart. Amelia Earhart is in it. Yeah. And again, I've spoken several times about my worst because I love her. Yeah. But mm. she's in there as well. Yeah. So it did cover a lot of people um, that I would have thought I'm of. I'm surprised the Bronte sisters aren't well, in there. Because Jane Austen's in there. This is exactly what I thought. And I, uh, you know, the listeners don't know this. You guys obviously do. I am a Jane Austen scholar. Um, that's I what I did my master's dissertation on and I love her and she's the best and I will fight anyone who wants to talk to me about Jane Austen and say that she was like boring or whatever because I have a lot of feelings about how Jane Austen was actually really subversive and um, a lot of the critiques and social moires in her uh, in her books and that's not a word moires I just said it moi um, <laughs> I like it anyway it. you're yeah. a scholar sure I am a scholar I <laughs> I made that word trademark. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of a lot of feelings about it, and um, my dissertation was essentially about that, about how all her books are very very subtle social critiques. Um, but my friend is a Bronte scholar, 
um, more so than I ever was a Jane Austen scholar. And she and I have had long debates about this because we are constantly compared. Um, our, our two great loves, you know, the Brontes and Jane Austen, they are constantly compared. And actually there's not a real comparison. It's just that because they are famous women who wrote and Charlotte Bronte said something shitty about Jane Austen once, that that's why they get compared so often. But they wrote completely different books for completely different reasons. Um, and I, so I did think it was really interesting that given the predisposition of people to think that Charlotte Bronte is cool and edgy and like... I've never had that I mean, that is not, yeah, that is not what I think. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Oh, I, that edgy woman. I get this all the time where people are like, the Brontes, like Emily Bronte, Charlotte Bronte, they're like cool and they were feminists and they wrote the dark books because Emily Bronte wrote Wuthering Heights and Jane Austen's really boring and and and, and twee and safe. Given that that's the sort of general approach that is still being fucking dragged in stupid books and stupid tv shows and again fight me um i was surprised that jane austen was in the book but none of the brontes were but they can only so it's a hundred remarkable women who changed the world i'm sure there's more than a hundred remarkable women and shen does point out in the intro that these are not the hundred most yeah it's exactly the most a selection diverse i guess of, in, of interesting stories of their life and yeah. stuff as well yes so we talked about the people we kind of expected to see in the book. Was there anyone in there that you didn't expect to see? Loads of people that I hadn't actually heard of. Yeah. Exactly. Which I'm really yeah. quite ashamed. Like some of them actually were like famous playwrights. And I was like, how have I not heard of this person? Well, I'm assuming you've heard of Alpha Ben. Yes. Yeah. But like some people that had like dabbled and like stuff like that. And I was just like, how have I not heard of these people? Mm. Some that I kind of vaguely knew about, but then like reading about their life, I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't, Mm. I didn't realise that. There were a lot Um, of names that, yeah, I recognised, but had no idea who they were. Like the amount of times I hear people on US shows say Ruth Bader Ginsburg or, Mm. um, what's her face? Gloria Steinman, Mm. who, Steinem, sorry. And I had no idea who they were until I read this. Yeah. And, um. Alex and I were actually talking about this before we got here. Uh, Madam C.J. Walker. Oh my gosh, amazing who, woman. Conveniently, Alex mm. has just opened the page to. Um, who was the first female self-made millionaire. Yeah. And I'd never freaking heard of her. No, I haven't. And I was, I I think that's, so um, I photocopied some of these uh, to give to Sam and Alex because I bought the book first and I wasn't sure that they'd be able to get their hands on it. Um, and this was one of the ones that I photocopied just so that they definitely would be able to read some of the ones that I thought were particularly interesting but fortunately they both got a chance to look at the book Um, but this was one of the ones that I photocopied because I was so amazed that I'd never heard this woman and you know what she reminded me of was um, and this is a film that I never saw but (laughs) a couple of years ago Jennifer Lawrence was in that Joy film Mm. about the woman who made the mop and so CJ Walker did made uh, it was like it's a hairdressing hair, yeah. hair care technique, and those are both you know air quotes women's work like women's areas, a women's interest. And I thought it was so interesting that this this biopic was made of Joy and this you know beautiful at least played by a beautiful. Um, white woman essentially and then um cj walker who is a is a black woman and so much of her um work is around sort of revolutionizing beauty and people of color and i'd never heard of her and i think that was true of a lot of the people that i hadn't heard of they were people of color but also a lot of it was american history Mm. and you know we Mm. are we are from the uk we we are taught different things um, I don't think that the civil rights movement is taught quite in the same way. We grew up aware of a lot of them. I think that definitely a lot of these figures that we hadn't heard of were American, but a lot of them were women of colour. And that one really stood out to me. There were a couple of other ones, but I'll talk about that in a bit. Mm. Is the author, the woman that compiled it, is she American? I, I believe so, I kind of by the spelling so. in the book. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was published in California. Yeah. What about you, Sam? One of the ones that surprised me was um, Lilith, who is the first entry in the book. And she oh, is, yeah. for anyone who may not know, she is the first wife of Adam from mm-hmm. 
Adam off of the Garden of Eden, that guy. That guy. I think uh, I've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> Something about an apple? I don't fucking know. Oh, um, so, yeah, Lilith was first um, wife of Adam, who was kicked out of the Garden of Eden because uh, he insisted that she lie beneath him, but she wanted to lie next to him and be equal. Um, and the reason I was surprised by her was because she's the only one who has no uh, historical proof that she existed. Mm. Yes. And I I think I felt the same way because I'd heard of Lilith before. Um, yeah. I think many people have in this. Um, C.S. Lewis. Yeah. I... It in, uh, he says that the White Witch is a descendant of Lilith. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And I think that um, I knew some people at school that were super into it and also uh in one of the greatest tv shows of all time veronica mars mm-hmm, the um all-female sorority all-female sorority one of the um sororities who's quite like sort of feminist and revolutionary refer to themselves as lilith house in the third season um, um and so i obviously had heard about it sort of in culture um but again for the same reason that you i was like there's no historical proof that she did or did not exist and everyone else is is definitely a historical figure and that's not to say that Lilith didn't exist and that the Garden of Eden is all made up but so I think I think it's widely accepted by a lot that you know it's it's symbolic um and I did think that that was really interesting that it started with a with essentially a myth or at yes. least what could be perceived as a myth. And especially because she's not even in the Bible. So it's she not got even... kicked out of the Bible. Yeah. Um, so even if you argue that everything in the Bible is real, uh, that she's not in it. Um, and then there wasn't any bad girls further further on that were mythical. And there are people that have been mythologised. That's the word. Maybe? It I don't know. Now. Well, it's yeah. a day for making up it's words. It's a day for making up words. You know what? I just, I think of myself as an artist of words. Um, but yeah, there were people that have been, you know, put into print. Queen Elizabeth, Cleopatra. Um, but she was the only one that was possibly not real. And I think, if I think of bad girls, I can think of probably a dozen literary figures, like literary characters more easily maybe than than real people yeah yeah i just yeah i agree with you i think that was really interesting was there anyone else um i well, I, I learned about loads of people in the book that i didn't know existed i think like you said it's quite um heavily uh, uh, like american not necessarily at the beginning um but kind of in the middle it goes in time order doesn't it it goes in order of birth date ah i noticed Okay, so not when they were at their most bad. No, just in the order of when they were born, because the last person in the book is Malala. I think what I really enjoyed is the fact that these women were bad in such a... Bad? In such a variety (laughs) of ways. Yeah. Um, And so maybe I was also surprised that some women that I wouldn't class as bad um, were prominent within this book. Um, you know, it, like things like the 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 Fanny Farmer cookbook, mm. like I knew existed, and like I was I I was quite I was quite surprised to see her to see her within the pages of this bad girl book. Yeah, me um, too. Oh, Fanny Farmer, Fanny Farmer and her cookbook. But pleasantly surprised. I think that's the important thing. Is yeah, everyone that was included, I was pleasantly surprised, and to go back to the Jane Austen thing and, and the other female authors um, that could have been included in, in her stead of a similar time period or who arguably have um, made more of an impact in the, on the canon. Uh, there are other authors in the book um, and Harriet Beecher Stowe is in there, which I thought was fantastic because I have a real soft spot. I did um, a lot of research on her in my previous job and there was, it was... George Eliot wasn't in there and her books tackled um, social issues and for all that I love Jane Austen and I think she's the fucking best and everyone should read her I did also and I appreciated that she was in there even though she was bad in a different way I, I was surprised that people like George Eliot weren't in there and then there were people who were in there from quite recent there was a lot of quite recent people that 
I maybe wouldn't have included myself. Mm. Yeah, there are two people in here um, that I, when I read, when I came across them in the book, I kind of went, mm, but really though. Um, one is Margaret Thatcher, and the other is Susan B. Anthony. Um, and that's because they were both. Yes, how would you describe those women? Controversial figures. Um, Margaret Thatcher obviously defies social norms by becoming the first female prime minister. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and did a lot of things for women in politics. She also did a lot of things that probably weren't great for women in politics, but um, wasn't particularly what you would call a loved character. Um, mm. I believe the Iron when Lady. she passed away the most popular sort of tweet or something along those lines was ding dong the witch is dead so yeah. Yeah. she 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 was controversial but mm-hmm. then that's kind of the point of the book is that these women were controversial mm-hmm. um, but I was surprised to see her there just because of the general feeling towards her which is for the most part not great yeah and I, I was also surprised but happily in a weird way because I was like I'm glad that she's not the author of this book is not pandering mm-hmm. she didn't just go I'm not going to include Margaret Thatcher because people don't like her now I'm going to include her because for all that people don't like her she still did a fucking great thing yeah um, yeah she did but Susan B. Anthony who I've kind of come across in doing some research around prohibition um, in the States she, she did a hell of a lot for women's suffrage and she spoke out at a time when a lot of women weren't meant to be or weren't it wasn't seemly for women to be doing it um, it is my understanding from what I've read that she was also a massive racist and this mentions that she does work with she did work with Harriet Tubman on the uh, Underground Railroad but she fought for um women's rights and the women's right to vote but she didn't fight for uh, repeal of the Jim Crow laws or anything like that mm. She, her brand of activism was very one-sided and I think considering working alongside women like Harriet Tubman I would have expected her to be mm. a bit more open to everyone's struggle not just women yeah and we've talked about this a little bit ourselves because we acknowledge you know our own the fact that we are super white and our own you know hashtag white feminism we 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 try to be aware of it um as much as we can and without being patronizing yeah that's that's our goal and we're happy to be corrected if we say something wrong um so we we i think that's a really interesting person to pull out because of that because you can't have feminism that doesn't include women women. of color yeah it's about equality for for everyone you can't you can't have a movement that ignores a A significant part of it and i think that there was a lot there's a lot of talk of this um recently and i think particularly with relation to trump yeah um that a lot of white women voted for trump because he was doing things that benefited them but his his politics marginalize people of color obviously so much and i'm not a trump expert so i'm not going to talk about that very much but i i think that that's a really good point that she sort of she did a again she did a wonderful thing but it's screwed over people who were already marginalized she she doesn't she doesn't champion the cause of every woman every person and mm. that is controversial there is also uh, a predisposition which is kind of mentioned in this book that throughout history if a woman has been in some way influential or um disruptive then she is there are going to be a lot of stories about her that aren't necessarily true. There's going to be an image built up yeah, of a woman of who is not meant to be likeable because you're not meant to um, empathise with her. Yeah, I mean, the, the people that wrote those kind of those statements yeah. about these people would be very one-sided. Yeah. Um, yeah. C- uh, Countess Bathory. There's a person that's not in this book. Who that? Um, she... <laughs> Oh, I'm such a weirdo. Um, she was one of the... F- she's like a famous countess who was 
um, accused of killing up to 600 noble women because and bathing in their blood but actually it's widely believed now that all of that was bullshit and all the people in the surrounding countries basically wanted her territory so they made up all this shit about her so that yeah. because she was a noble woman at the time she couldn't be killed she was just walled up in her castle on house arrest and they got to take over all her land yeah and again um not to go back to what is, who is clearly my favorite person in history but Anne Boleyn was mm-hmm. she was a witch she was accused of witchcraft and for hundreds of years because she was a woman who caused great social reform and people wanted to discredit her when Henry didn't want her anymore. So, yeah, really true. And I, witchcraft generally. Yeah. That's a whole other... We'll do that, that another episode. We definitely will do that oh, another episode. Oh, we should talk about witchcraft. That'd be really good. We will. I would love that. I know that I've just gone on and said, you know, like murderers and shit aren't in this book. Uh, Bonnie Parker off of Bonnie and Clyde is in this yeah, book. Yeah, of course. That one that really, one. really, really, when I first read through this, surprised me because I was like, it's fucking Bonnie and Clyde. That's not a good thing. But that that's the definition of bad. I know. And that, that like, was... A definition of bad. Again. That was one of the things that I found really interesting because obviously I got to Bonnie Parker before I got to Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> and it um, was worse. No, we won't play that game. Oh, let's not play that game. Um, and I just thought that that was really interesting oh, i say that all the time i know we but need, we um need some synonyms any synonyms for interesting please tweet us yeah seriously um and one of the reasons that i think that she's in this book is that um she says like the nation was riveted by her image because the pair's lawlessness also demonstrated her sexual liberation mm. and sexual liberation was a real theme throughout mm. this book i don't know did you guys of... notice that well yeah, yeah i mean with you've got betty page Marta Hari, um uh what's her face the woman who did the sex education whose name i shamefully cannot remember ruth westheimer that's it oh uh, yes um ruth um, westheimer yeah you've also got uh tallulah bankhead who yeah. i hadn't heard of but catherine the great um Yes, true. Did a Just lot of for the shagging. record, Tallulah Bankhead's uh, illustration is complete goals because she has got like the perfect like curled bob and she's wearing a black thing with um, white pearls and she's got like her cigarette and she looks sassy as fuck. Do you and like a pearl necklace? I do, but not in that way. Don't be gross. <laughs> it's so gross. Why are you so gross? It's not gross. If you want to do it, it's fine. I just don't want to. Please don't make me. Um, well, that's the after show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I, the, the the theme of sexual revo- uh, revolution, sexual freedom, sexual freedom—that's yeah. the word. Really interesting and persecution for it as well. Yeah. Um, Lady Godiva was Lady in the Godiva. book as well. Now oh, we're just, just naming people that's in the oh, book. Oh, I love the illustration of Lady Godiva. Yeah, because she has serious hair goals. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, that's what Alex hair. said. She was like, "I'm really jealous of this illustration's hair." <laughs> so, I know, like so amazing. To be fair, they've managed to make. Pr- I like that she's. This is an interesting point, anyway. Interesting, but a lot of these people are made super pretty in this book. Um, not so much Susan B. Anthony. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, some them, of them definitely. Yeah. Not. No, some of them not so much. But there's there's a very feminine slant in the traditional sense to these people, and I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, that was actually was that. that was a criticism that I read as of this book as well. Was that um, it was twee was the word that was used, and that it was a criticism that did I really need to see people whose faces I knew and knew for their uniqueness be. Uh, tweed up to the point of unfamiliarity. Tweed up, it's like super. Or Disneyfied, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Disneyfied is a really good like point because it's got big eyes, eyes and everything. Big eyes and perfect hair, and, and like rosy cheeks. Even Joan Jett, who famously has fairly dishevelled locks in this, it's artfully so, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Hello, Oprah. Um, yeah, I I also noticed that. Um, Do you bef- think? Sorry, just on that same point. Yeah. Do you think if they'd used photos or uh you know era appropriate drawings of these people do you think we would have liked this book as much because we've all picked it up and went it's so pretty yeah i think i would have because one of my favorite images ever i remember being obsessed with it when i was a kid is that one image of um queen elizabeth the first where she's holding the prayer book in the red dress yeah and i love i love all those kind of weird historical paintings where they don't look like people really i love the ones where there's a secret monkey oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love the secret monkey 
I will say that before you presented me with this book, Kim, yeah, a young person of 12 presented me with this book. Well, I thought it was a kid's absolutely, book. Yeah, absolutely loved it and brought it into a session and was like, I'm learning all about these women, blah, blah, blah. And yes, I was like, wow, okay, it's a children's book that you can pick up and learn about these amazing women throughout history. And then you I read think, it. I think actually though, if it had been like photographs or, or you know, uh, book plates or whatever it is, it would have felt more of a history book and yeah. might not be as accessible to children. Yeah. And I think it should be. Yeah, I, I kind of agree because I thought it was a I thought it was a children's book and actually I was reading it at work and um someone came up to me and was like, Are you reading a cookery book? And I was like, No, I'm reading this book and I explained about the podcast. And he was like, Oh, oh, that's really cool. Like, is there anyone in it that you like that you really that really stood out to you and I held up all the pictures of the pirates and was like oh my god look at these pirates <laughs> and then someone who was sort of at the table with us went I can't wait for my sister to have her daughter so that I can start buying her books like that mm. and I was like it's not a kids book but it is a kids book mm-hmm. this is the kind of book that if I was a kid and someone gave me this would be like oh my fuck yes I yeah. probably would say oh my fuck because I get a slap well, you in the would. Mouth. I would yeah. um, <laughs> but also yeah. on that point I would still enjoy seeing a uh, an actual depiction or or a uh, photograph of the original person because that would be nice to see but yeah. i suppose we are invited to then go and research yeah it made want to. it made me want to wikipedia but yeah speaking of this kind of disneyfication and the pirates and stuff um one of the people that kim picked out originally and um someone that i think we'd like to talk about anyways uh ching shi who was a um pirate in around china kind of area in the um 18th and 19th century um, who was, you know, as we've discussed, probably fairly morally reprehensible because she nailed people's feet to the floor of the ship. Uh, and so, yeah, that's the person I was talking about. Yeah, it's cool, awful. Yeah. But the illustration of her is very westernised. Mm, yeah. I think that that is something you, that shouldn't go unacknowledged. What else shouldn't go unacknowledged is that... Um, <laughs> Segway. I'm real good at segues. Uh, is that we've been drinking this wine and we haven't spoken about it in a while. Uh, how are you guys finding it? It's quite nice. I had a really good segue earlier, by the way, about mixed feelings, and I didn't get to use it. So oh, there you go. okay. Mm-hmm. Sold. Yeah. Um, Alex? it's very bitter, but I quite like it. Oh, I like me then. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're very bitter, but I like you too. Good. I'm interested that you like it, like. Because you're not a red wine drinker, which obviously we've mentioned a dozen times on this podcast. But I think it's because it is bitter. Like, I, I like a dry white. Yeah, you do like it a dry feels, white. It's so... like a white masquerading as a red. Yeah. Because this there is a white version of this... Um... Book. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this is the white version. Oh, yeah. no. no how, how much was this, Kim? Do you know? £24. <gasps> Ooh. I was about to say, I will purchase this again. There's, uh, I don't there's know if faces I will. happening right now. I don't know if I will. It was £24 and I was happy to pay it because I... Was desperate. Was desperate, but also... <laughs> but also, I know going to Wolf Wine that um, their prices are more that you're paying for a £5 bottle of Plonk yeah, that is at true. Sainsbury's. But also, I get a story behind the wine that I'm drinking and they actually do a really great like refill bottle wine thing, which oh, is really good. cool. It's a lot cheaper um, for some of their other wines. But yes, yeah, so this one is £24. I... I mean, I'd, I'd spend that in a pub, so why shouldn't we spend it on independent people that we can enjoy at home? I am quite enjoying this wine. It's going down quite nice. I'm getting pleasantly drunk. Um, it's not... It doesn't do that thing that I love that red wines do with the butter at the back of your mouth. It's the anti-butter, this one. Yeah. Oh, see, that's why I like it, It's got, It's got a really full flavour as you're drinking it. But it doesn't last in my mouth. Does that make sense? It doesn't have an aftertaste. Do you know what? With white wine, it's very much at the front of your mouth, like on the tip of your tongue. And red wine usually coats your whole mouth, which mm-hmm. is what I don't enjoy. It makes mm-hmm. me feel phlegmy. And so I think this is doing a white wine. And that's what I quite enjoy. It's a bit lemony. I'm getting lemons now. Interesting. What he said was, you know, that it's a really bright wine. And I definitely agree word for it, yeah. with that wording. And admittedly when he said that i was like oh i like i like wines that make me feel like i'm in a dark smoky room so i'm probably not gonna like this wine um it's more sunshine and garden it's a really good summer red sorry i was just thumbing, pushing, i was thumbing the, the bottom, bottom. <laughs> um don't 
don't do that in my house. <laughs> because I have a friend who measures the uh, quality of wine by how deep you can get your thumb in the dimple at the base. And how, how deep is that dimple? How deep is your thumb? Uh, I, I've got nails on, so it's okay, let me Okay, let me, let me thumb, thumb it. it. Uh, it's not that deep. No. But like it was very uncomfortable. Deeper right than like your average bottle. Deeper than your average bottle bottom. I'm so clenched right now. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> disgusting. Did you have to use the word clench? <laughs> yes, I did. If you're going to talk about thumbing bottoms, I'm going to talk about being clenched. <laughs> Clen- clenchy clench. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has gone off the rails. Sorry, sorry. So, so far, we're quite enjoying the wine. We're I not don't enjoying know. thumbing bottoms. We're not enjoying thumbing bottoms. And um, it's, yeah, bright is the word. Sharp is the word. I've got drunk hair. We're going to take a brief break. So we have just opened our second bottle of wine for the evening, which is a white wine. It's a Rioja Blanco. <laughs> Blanco del Rio. I mean, it um, does sound like a drag queen. It does sound Rioja like a, Blanco. Rioja Blanco. Serving. That's what he's white saying wine. like that. Um, yes. Rioja Blanco. Which is just a Sainsbury's little bit of plonk for the end of the episode. Uh, it is vegan. Uh, it is inexpensive. I think it cost me about six quid. Um, and it will do as our second bottle. How are we finding this cheap white? Kim, have you even tried it? It, there's a glass on the other side of the table that's looking very full, and I think it's not good. as full as yours because I actively poured lo- you guys like yeah, you've given us so a good drink less. Yeah. Do you know what? This is the first time I'm ever, ever going to say this. I prefer to the red. At twenty four pounds to seven, I would. Agree. No, but usually price has nothing to do with it. I usually prefer white wine. Um, it's it doesn't really taste like much to me. It tastes like slightly gone off water. <laughs> The when you've got a bottle of water in your bag and you take a sip and you're like, I shouldn't have done that. I don't know how long that's been. Oh there. Pretty much, almost yeah. a little bit. Like it's been in a warm car for a long yeah. time. Yeah, that's exactly what it tastes like. <laughs> oh, good. Since we're talking about this uh, Regal AF wine, do we want to talk about any of the Regal AF women? Um, maybe the Queen of Comedy, Lucille Ball, which you have which page I've, I've literally to. I just opened it the round page. But yes. Or any of um, the uh, other actually royal figures. There, well, yeah, I mean, it starts out with a lot of royalty and then um, obviously because the book is arranged in numerical order of birth date, um, fewer of those. Appear. D- Diana's not in here. <gasps> oh my God! Oh, Diana's not in We've here. We've just realised this and the Daily Mail are on their way over now. <laughs> talk about it. I think, They're on their way I over. I think you have a, a, a grander idea of how many people are listening oh, to the us Daily right Mail. Now. If you mention the word Diana in a Daily Mail article, it's like, take Yeah, the Daily Mail have bugged everyone <laughs> just for the merest mention of Diana. Well, if only Diana were here. <laughs> What's that for? Um, <laughs> yeah, so Princess Diana's not in here. Which I'm is really surprised about that. Quite surprising, actually. Really surprising because she did a lot. She did a lot. You know, the story about Diana. Settling, guys. Um, no, it's just, <laughs> just that it came up recently. Um, there's a, a chap at work who came up to me to ask me for something as it, because it's my job to do, you know, menial Things. tasks for everyone in the company. And uh, I, it's one of the rare days where I bothered to wear makeup to work. And um, my standard makeup is eyeliner because I have big eyes. And I gave him some kind of sad eyes because I didn't want to do the thing that he was telling me to do. And he was like, you've got very expressive eyes. And I was like, I'm not sure if that's inappropriate, but I, I did just pull sad eyes at you. So, all right. And he was like, so you were asking for it? I guess yeah. so. Let's go with that. Uh, that's not... I'm really intrigued with how this is. Well, no, but he, so he, who is, <laughs> he's not exactly the most feminist of people. Um, and he said, oh, have you ever heard about the um, the Princess Diana phenomenon with her eyes, like the technique that she did? And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking the about. Technique. Yeah, and apparently this is like a noted thing that her biographer and her like personal photographer talked about and her makeup artist, that she deliberately used coal eyeliner around her eyes because it smudged a little bit. It emphasised her large eyes and the way that she was photographed and filmed when she wanted sympathy, she'd tilt her head down and look up at the camera because it made her that, eyes look bigger and more sorrowful. Yeah. 
and Actually, her. I've, yeah. no, I, I've seen that in pictures. I, yeah. I thought I was like, that is so interesting. And then coming specifically from this person as well, I was like, that's such a weird and interesting fact for for you for you. <laughs> um, and then that he referred to it because I'd given him sadness because I didn't want to do a job. Um, Did you end up doing the job? I don't. I honestly don't remember what it was. Uh, probably not. Okay, um, good. But. He, the fact that he basically he said that you have that I have sorrowful eyes and then referenced this Diana thing and he'd gone into a meeting and he goes look it up also in this meeting and then he came back out and was like did you look it up and I was like that's so in- it was really interesting yeah so for that alone Diana should have been in this book speaking of other women that weren't in the book that I just want to mention briefly and I've just thought of um, <laughs> Marilyn Monroe I did think that was as she well. Not in the book? No, no, she, she wasn't. Not in the book. I could have sworn that she was in the book. But there are many illustrations that almost look like her. Yeah, because of the fucking Disneyfication. Of yeah, everybody. not that she was ever in a Disney film. But... And funnily enough, um, Billie Holiday's in the book. She and is. I recently watched. I don't know if you guys. I thought watching that. It. I thought um, Christine Jorgensen. Yeah, I thought she was Marilyn Monroe. She does Marilyn have So yeah, Billie Holiday was in the book, and I don't know if you guys have been watching the Icons program on BBC. Nope. Nope. Um, so it's I think it's six episodes. Um, four famous historical figures per episode, men and women, trying to find the greatest icon of um the twentieth century, mm. not just British. Uh, and so there's like. There's an episode on leaders, explorers, scientists, um, and then one of them is entertainers. And in the entertainers episode, which I watched probably most recently, because one of them was uh, Bowie. Bowie's in Spice. And yeah. um, my boyfriend loves Bowie, so we obviously watched that episode. And um, But one of the entertainers was Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. And the one of the other entertainers, there were two female and two male, mm-hmm. and the other female entertainer so it was charlie chaplin bowie and then marilyn monroe and billy holiday okay and i had not known that much about billy holiday and i watched that episode before i read the billy holiday bit in this and um yeah it's i i think it's actually interesting and i know i say that all the time but it, it genuinely is billy holiday is in this book she's on the cover billy holiday she is yes. and marilyn monroe who is one of the biggest female icons of all ever. time but yeah. also just like in terms of this illustration style we've which meant we've mentioned famous women that we've mentioned just the word iconic really is is attributed to Marilyn Monroe in a big way Marlon. and she's not in this and she did do a lot that must have been she a did. conscious choice that must have been there's, I think we're just going to be keep being struck by people that aren't in here because mm. it's a hundred people in history. We're not gonna, never going to get them all. But I've just opened the page of Phyllis Diller, mm-hmm. who, again, famous being a stand-up comic um, back in the 50s, I think, um, primarily mm. 50s and 60s. Uh, Joan Rivers, not here. Yeah. Mm, was she not? No. No, she wasn't. No, she's not. Who's in it that... Tina Fey is in it. No, but I'm there really is someone, there's someone who's not Joan Rivers who's in it. We talked very briefly at the start there about royalty mm-hmm. uh, and obviously it's quite easy to talk about famous women from the past who were queens because they're the ones whose lives were documented mm-hmm. most so true. Uh, comprehensively I suppose um, or at all or at all yeah. unless it was just to go this troublemaking soothsaying witch um, <laughs> I bet there were many amazing women of those times. Oh yeah, of course. That, you know, weren't weren't the, documented. It's history, not yeah, history. Well, I always think about um, the small lives as well that weren't documented. But anyway, carry small on. Small lives. So yeah, back to royalty. Pocahontas isn't in here. Pocahontas, yeah, who is yeah a prince, equivalent of a princess. Um, she's not in here, and there's obviously an influential. There are no Native American people in this. I thought that earlier, and I meant to mention it. Yeah. Because I actively was trying to think of them. And I it's something that I know very little about. There's also, I don't think, any Aboriginal no. Australian women in it. No. no. Um and I or, or New Zealand. Or married women or, or yeah, etc. Et yeah. um, no Polynesian women, no, no yeah. Um, the Pacific. The um, vision of diversity is still very limited. And especially the Native American, considering it's such an American book. 
yeah. with such rich American history, which again, you can't discredit the fact that it does cover a rich American history. There were people in it that were, were people that weren't in it or that I maybe don't know about, but I don't believe that they're not there. There are surely native people that we haven't heard of that haven't been mentioned and I was surprised because I very much doubt that they don't exist. Yeah, of course. And the author has clearly gone to great lengths to find people that we wouldn't normally consider. Yeah. Um, but a lot of them are American or Western. I kind of wondered as well, and I wondered this until I saw the woman who played, essentially played Cinderella and her um, her picture is very stylized to look like Cinderella, whether they were trying to avoid people that were Disneyfied, so were avoiding Pocahontas or Mulan, uh, oh yeah, Mulan. The, 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 you know, the the yeah. actual historical figure Maybe. um and then but then if you're doing that don't include the woman who was cinderella which they do and they stylize her or she stylizes her to look like cinderella to the point that i was quite struck by it and she was i don't know if she played her or if she was involved in the actual design of cinderella um, I, I, to who be honest, I, remember. I, I will flip through it. Because um, yeah, you that just, earlier. you just, you went past her. Mary Blair, influential artist, she was an artist. Mary Blair bought Disney New Blair. Yeah. Um, her unparalleled colour and design skills have continued to raise by generations. Fine art dreams, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, she worked on Three Caballeros. Um, she worked on Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, and Peter Pan. And her picture, it's Cinderella. I thought you were holding it out for the microphones to see. <laughs> no, 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 I was holding it out for you guys to see. Yeah. So I think that if the choice was to ignore the Disneyfied characters, the people who have become fictionalised in Disney, a la Pocahontas and Mulan, you can't then include someone and make them look like a Disney princess. No, I, literally yeah. a Disney princess not just stylized like a Disney princess a genuine actual character so on that note I mean if there are women from these these minorities that we've not spoken about or these these marginalized groups that we've not spoken about that we think that weren't included that should have been included that you know about that we might not know about please do tell us because I'd really be interested to read about it because this book if anything else made me want to go down a wikipedia rabbit hole for all these people that i hadn't heard of yeah. especially the pirates yeah. they were so especially cool especially gross o'malley and yeah gross o'malley so cool but i i also noticed in the same way that sam did and the same way that alex did the real lack of certain groups and i i want to know more and i try to see these stories out and thought that this would be a place to do that but there wasn't that so please send us a message yes tweet us instagram us Send all us the an things email. you can uh, contact us on the website which is www.grapeculturepodcast.co.uk you can tweet us at grapeculturepod or you can get in touch with us on instagram where we are at grapeculturepodcast so also speaking of marginalized groups that were not necessarily prominent in this book um there was not a lot of uh, queer diversity there were not a lot of um, out lesbian women there were not a lot of bisexual women um, one of the people mm-hmm. that came to mind when I was thinking this was uh, Mar- uh, Marlena Dietrich or um, Sappho who was the first uh, one of the first Sappho. female poets yeah, yeah. Um, tons of gay and queer women not mentioned mm-hmm. yeah and um, actually weirdly oh, I really can't remember who it was when I was reading it earlier uh, there was someone that was quite prominent in the suffragette movement and they referred to her her uh, partner as um, oh, as a particular in it a was particular like way maybe her close personal friend her close something. personal friend who she lived with or like something your like aunt that. who lives with her friend yeah, yeah. And, and, and I really noticed that because I'd actually like I, I had researched her previously yeah. and I was like, well, that's definitely her, her like, mm-hmm. her, her lover, her partner, her, her yeah. like, you know. And her female companion. Her female companion. But to, like, disguise it, even in a book that's talking about yeah. influential yeah. women. So, I was like, I was like, that's really, like, why would you do that? 
that stuck out to me too. Not Virginia yeah. Woolf's not no, in it. No, they mention they mention Virginia Woolf, but, but she's, they, not, in she's not in yeah. it. I yeah. mean, Pankhurst, not that she was a lesbian, but you know what I but mean. But that that stuck out to me, and there was one um, woman, one of the cosmonauts, who at the end of her um, biography, was it Sally Ride? Is her name? Oh yes, yeah. I think that yeah. I think Ride, it was Sally, Sally Ride. Ride. <laughs> Why no, they God. make that joke in there, but I, that's just not me being flippant. Yeah, that. no, I think it was her, um, who was one of the American. Uh, yes, it was that she was also the first known LGBT astronaut. That's the last sentence, but that's that was very much an afterthought. Yeah, and um, there is, it does have a, a profile on um, one of the first American openly trans women. It does, yes. Um, Christine Jorgensen. Yes. Jorgensen. Mm-hmm. So you, but you make, you know, your point is valid that that's, that's two. That's two that we've mentioned. And especially what I found when I was reading it was I kept thinking about, um, so the favourite is like the hot topic, the film, the favourite about Queen Anne. Yes. is the hot topic at the moment obviously with it's it's um at We're the time of to oscar season yeah, We're at the time of there. recording several oscar nominations i've been to see it and it's um it's obviously taking poetic license with the story but the wikipedia article about queen anne and um sarah churchill is very much like it's not proven that they, lo- they were lovers they were probably just very close friends as was the social like etiquette of the time like the way that people wrote to each other and i i was kind of thinking like that's so flippantly disregarding what very much could have been a truly lesbian story and obviously you can't assign people this kind of thing without knowing but in situations when people are definitely definitely out um yeah it should be included and it's not and it's not and there's very little of it in this in which we know for a fact that there are plenty of historical figures who were not shy about although I will say this in defence of the book Mm -hmm. um, there is not a huge amount in in any of the stories that it it crops up in places um, about the role of husbands or boyfriends or lovers their relationships at all yeah there are there's the odd thing like when it talks about right at the very end of the entry about may west again is that it says that one of her later lovers was 30 years her junior and was her Mm -hmm. partner until the end of her life correct scott king obviously some 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 women that you know they they've been married off very young and Mm. then they used that yeah women yeah women who have been abused like truth as well um some women yeah. that chose not to be married, like, like Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point that they don't they don't harp on they don't dwell on the influence the of lovers in most people's mm. stories. It's very much about the women themselves, and not even not even just lovers. The famous men surrounding them. Ada Lovelace is mentioned. It Ada briefly Lovelace, mentioned it does mention Byron, but it's not about Byron because it's not about Byron. It's about it's not about you, Byron. And Mary Marie Antoinette. <laughs> it's not about. Louis the sixteenth, or any of the men. No, but I think yeah. I was talking about kind of people that have done a lot for that community. Um, we're not saying that them having a lover would have no, been no, the kind no. of point. It's just you know, completely their, their agreed. Like there are there yeah. are lesbian activists that could definitely have been mentioned, and I, as a member of the LGBTQ society, know shamefully little about them. But on the flip side, you know, we talked about earlier if this was written about men would would the conversations be the same if this was a hundred bad men in history for example you know like if if the entire gender structure of our society was reversed um and one of my favorite quotes that i ever read when i was studying was um a quote in a letter from henry james to a man that he um hendrick c anderson uh which a man was that he hendrick c anderson sorry <laughs> a man that he uh I believe was having a relationship with a romantic relationship with or wanted to have a romantic relationship with yeah. um, who is called Hendrix C. Addison and the, the quote is um, I repeat almost indiscretion that I could live with you meanwhile I must try to live without you and it was very much a I want to be with you but I can't because the world and Anxiety. I wonder whether in a book about snippets of 100 men in history 
in which Henry James, I think, would probably be included because he wrote The Turn of the Screw and, and it's a, a, you know, a significant literary moment. Would that be mentioned? Because Oscar Wilde... I was going to say, you'd, you'd have to mention Oscar Wilde. Sure. Yeah, yeah, Oscar Wilde and his, and he were his sexu- sexuality would definitely be mentioned. <laughs> Not just a little bit, hella. We well, went to fucking prison for being gay. Well, but yeah. his his outness was different to Henry James's True. outness. True. And I think, I wonder whether it's a, it's not necessarily an unwillingness to talk about it, but an awareness of someone's outness. And I think the difference between the Henry James, Oscar Wilde imagination of this book versus the um, the book that we actually have is that if you were in, if you were writing a book about the men and you wanted to find men who were not out but you could talk about it or were questionably out or anything like that i think that that would come up automatically i think um alan turing would come up for example yes yes. whereas i it almost feels like there was a token couple you know there was christian jorgensen and um oh god i've forgotten the name who i mentioned earlier and not much else i think it was almost actively not mentioned let's we have one more thing that we kind of wanted to talk about and i think that it makes sense for it to be our last little topic we, i don't know why i just said last because i never said last our in last my life. topic but my throat Go on, went, our kids, what you got but my throat went a little bit weird because of the wine because wine mm, um this wine is fine it's average <laughs> at best that's my we'll get on to that we'll sum it is there anyone that is any woman that is in the world now doing things now that you think would have been a, be in a book like this in about 100 years so anyone that we think will be part of the historical narrative in 100 years then in 100 years they'll be looking back at it i mean there's there's so many people out there that maybe have not made their mark that will mm. and i think that's actually quite exciting that we can't name them to but be honest I, yeah i agree with you but i think like people who are making their mark you know there's all this the word iconic is thrown about a lot in the internet these days where i don't think it's necessarily warranted you know like marilyn monroe i think we can all agree an iconic figure of the 20th century i don't necessarily think that every pop star who is referred to as Oh, what's it? Little Mix to just to, just to dump something that's iconic. Oh, fuck off, Little Mix. Not to shit on Little Mix, but come on, like it's not the same. No, well, iconic. they're not an individual. They're a they're a group. Like, yeah. Okay, but maybe you might relate to the Spice Girls. Like well, they did a lot for the kind of girl power movement. Like, that's a good. That's a good point. Yeah. Like, will the Spice Girls be talked about in hundred years in, this, in a book like this Beyonce. Beyonce. Beyonce I was actually surprised that Beyonce was not included but Tina Fey was yeah and um, I love don't get me wrong I love Tina Fey yeah but it, yeah yeah um, no Amy Peller no Amy Peller uh, <laughs> my girl Taylor Swift oh no she mm. I do think get in the seat I do think that Taylor Swift we talked about in hundred years for better or for worse that's... For, for better or for worse, I, I I believe that she has made a significant contribution to her field. I do think that this book has a lot of female firsts or people firsts. Mm. And I think some of the firsts... So I was just trying to rack my brains about, you know, female directors, female writers, female actors. And I think a lot of the firsts have happened... It doesn't mean they're less influential or or bad or rocking the boat or doing something exciting. But then, but like, um, and I don't think there's not firsts to happen. But like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm struggling to think of people now that are doing the first. But then you say that Lady Gaga is the first woman to be nominated for Best Actress and Best Original Song. Okay, well, in, like there, the like, I'm ju- I, I suppose I'm just thinking in terms of like. Like the industry I work in, like mm-hmm. I can't off the top of my head. Yeah. Think oh no, of I. First I definitely right agree. I think it's difficult to think of people, but. But like you could have something like the first female Bitcoin millionaire. 
that we, we don't know. Um, or, yeah. yeah, that's true. Industries that are still developing. I, I struggle to think of authors for all that I... Angela Carter's not in there. Angela, that's a good point. Angela Carter is not in there. Caroline Duffy is not in there. Margaret no. Atwood's not in there. Margaret Atwood. Maybe in, Margaret Atwood, I think, will yeah. be in 100 years' time. Maybe Margaret in 100 years' time, Trump's wife, what's her name? Melania. Melania she will rise be. up against him. <laughs> in 100 years. Bitch when he's wheeled out as a head. Yeah. <laughs> like something out of Doctor Who, where it's yeah. just skin on a flat surface. <laughs> with some hair. With some hair. <laughs> Um, she will take over the world and make it better for all. If the world is being taken over by Melania Trump, I am getting off now. I'm out. Okay, I'm out. But, but she might, she might first, surprise us. But because first she's so president, yeah. is something that could happen. Yep. Hillary Clinton, do we think Hillary. she'll be in there? Do, do we think she'll be talking about oh, it? Oh no, I think her time's gone to be president, but she could be one of. No, them. but she I mean, could be a woman like a yeah, precursor. She could, she could do some great stuff. And like I said before, I'm just excited by the influential women or the bad women that are to come. So that brings us to the end of our episode this week. But before we say goodbye, we should rate both the wine and the book that we've been discussing. So, Kim, do you want to kick off with the wolf wine that you bought that I can't remember the name of? Yes. So the Adriana Occupinti SP68 Rosso, um, that this is the red Sicilian vegan natural wine that's a lot of adjectives um i really enjoyed it uh surprisingly so actually because it's not really my normal kind of wine um i like really you know robust super alcoholic kind of make your head feel a bit foggy wines this was i think the word bright really really summed it up quite well i think i'm gonna give this like a good 3.5 maybe even a four Ooh. i'm gonna reserve my four i'm gonna give a 3.5 now because i think that i probably wouldn't buy it again is that because of the price probably because of the price also because it is it is not my normal kind of wine yeah i don't know it just seemed to fit quite well with it being slightly unusual not unpleasant um like just a, a, a bit different something a bit different and i appreciate that it was um by a female wine producer who made waves in her industry um i really enjoyed this wine for a red wine like i said um i think it was definitely more uh white wine-esque than it was red wine it wasn't like full-bodied or anything like that it was quite bitter um and quite um if you get what I mean. <laughs> um, sure. I am going to give this a solid 3.5. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For a red wine, that is big. Yeah, big grapes. That is high for you. Big that grapes. Big grapes. I like your big grapes. Thank um, you. <laughs> just for you. Just for us. I was surprised by it. Like, I think we all were. Because it was very sharp. It was quite bitter. Um, in a way that reds normally aren't. There wasn't, there was a, it was very, uh, I want to use the word clarity because it felt very clear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, no, you know, fresh and yeah. If I'm having a red, I'll be honest, this is not the red I would go for, like Kim. Uh, I like something, <laughs> oh Cozy. God. No, I was just going to say, I like something thick. Um, <laughs> which sounds a lot filthier than I meant it to. <laughs> Um, but no, it was, I, I like something with a lot of body and I don't feel, I feel there was a lot of flavour, but not much body. So I'm going to give it a three. I don't think we need to rate the other one. No, we won't be rating the, um, Sainsbury's Vegan Plonk because it's Sainsbury's Vegan Plonk. <laughs> and it was, it was what it was. Um, feature wine recommendation, 3.5, 3.5, three. How do we feel about the book? Yeah, I think it was a great choice for a book. I think it uh, opened up a lot of avenues. No, there were a lot of people in it that I'd never heard of, had never considered in terms of the impact that women have had on history. Uh, I think there is... A hundred women, you're always going to be missing people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think us as British women had different expectations than American women, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I will give it a 3.5 because it was very pretty and very informative um, but it can only give you so much information okay Alex how about you um, yeah I really enjoyed it I think the thing we were saying about like it being accessible to young people and I suppose young girls that will read this and go wow like we can have an impact um, because you know you go to history and predominantly the people you learn about are like you know white men that yeah. have in- influenced yeah. our, our time in life our, our history and everything um, so I particularly enjoyed it for that reason I you know we've spoken about its flaws uh, Sam has said that obviously it only gives you a certain amount but I also learned a lot more about people I already knew and also people that I knew nothing about. So, um, you know, as much as we're saying it's disnified for the illustrations, it made it more accessible. And um, I'm going to give it a 3.5. Kimberly, how about you? I think that, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think it covered... A relatively good range of people for all that it was I mean limited by the number of hundred I do think that there was a leaning towards 19th century and beyond and Western Hemisphere that I kind of think did it a disservice mm-hmm. um, which is why I wouldn't be rating it higher but I, I did for all the reasons that have already been said, you know, I thought it was really accessible. Um, I think that it's it's a beautiful book. It's the kind of book that you see in a bookshop and you want to pick up and that you would be compelled to buy people for a gift and that gets into people's hands and by getting into people's hands, it's covering stories that maybe they wouldn't have heard about, certainly that we hadn't heard about, even if it's not covering every story. It's at least making that effort. I think... I sort of I keep flip-flopping between 3 and 3.5 I think for the sake of consistency and also because I did I did so love it's such a lovely object um and I did get a lot of enjoyment from it and I did kind of go down a bit of a wikipedia rabbit hole about Grace O'Malley who was a pirate that we didn't mention um I yeah 3.5 I think it's 3.5 grapes all around yeah solid So if you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to come back in two weeks where we will be discussing something different. Uh, It may be a film, it may be a book, we haven't decided yet, so come and see and find out. In the meantime, if you want to get in contact with us, don't forget you can head over to our Twitter page, which is at GrapeCulturePod. You can also go to Instagram, where we are at GrapeCulturePodcast, or go to our website, which is www.grapeculturepodcast.co.uk. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye!